0: Welcome to the First Lady of Nutrition podcast. Anne Louise Gittleman is a New York Times bestselling author of over 37 books on diet, detox, the environment, and women's health. For more than four decades, Anne Louise has been regarded as a leading voice and visionary in nutrition and who has fearlessly stood on the front lines of holistic and integrative medicine. For more information, check out That's annlouise.com. That's A-N-N-L-O-U-I-S-E dot com. And here's your host, Anne Louise Gittleman.
1: Hi everyone, Anne Louise Gittleman here her first lady of nutrition podcast which is now trending all over the world and today we've got a world-renowned author of the best-selling books the diet cure the mute cure as well as her newest book the cravings cure julia ross is an innovator in the field of eating disorders addictions and amino acids she directs a virtual clinic trains health professionals has appeared in print online on radio and television join me in welcoming her to first lady of nutrition Julia Ross, welcome to the First Lady of Nutrition podcast. And how are you today? I'm fine.
2: Lovely to be with you, First Lady.
1: Lovely to be with you, my dear friend. Now tell me why we're all suffering from so much anxiety. What is this about anxiety these days? Give me your insights since you're so world-renowned. Well,
2: at this point, the primary cause of anxiety is uh, amino acid deficiency. and Oh,
1: I love this.
2: Specifically, the amino acid that the brain, the only nutrient that the brain can turn into our natural tranquilizer, GABA, or our natural anti-anxiety neurotransmitter, serotonin. So, there are a couple of ways that we can get anxious, and a couple of deficiencies that can be responsible. But whatever the case, uh, the cause is a you know high a diet high in what I call techno carbs, which contain no protein or relatively no protein, meaning no amino acids at all. Um, and we can't run a, a brain that creates positive moods without plenty of nutrition and on the diet that we're eating in this country and that we've exported around the world um, it's been well documented that it's 60 percent nutrient void so Ooh. that means no nutrients just calories chemicals uh, and um, additives. Uh, so Uh, it's no wonder that not only adults, but children are suffering from so much anxiety now.
1: Should we be taking GABA supplements, my dear?
2: Well, it depends on us. But most of us, uh, unfortunately, have been eating this diet since, you know, for life and maybe in utero at this point. So uh, here's the problem. I would love for everybody to turn to a healthy, traditional diet with traditional levels of protein. So the 1950s and 60s were the last decades where we ate this way in the world. Um, And um, it was a religion that we ate three square meals a day. Nobody would ever think of skipping a meal.
1: Never, ever.
2: And now we skip all of the meals. um, And protein was primary. Um, no one would think of having breakfast without eggs uh, or ham or something like that. Uh, You know, there were no cheese sandwiches. There were ham and cheese sandwiches or leftover roast beef sandwiches. Um, And dinner, you know, was meatloaf, fried chicken, whatever. Um, We had plenty of amino acids coursing through our systems from morning till night. So I would love for people to be able to return to that lots of fresh vegetables, lots of protein, and plenty of other, you know, good fats, saturated fats, um, and whatever other uh, carbs, whole carbs people uh, require, but that isn't going to happen either, because right along with anxiety, we have, uh, and and causing the anxiety um, really is our uh, Craving for these nutrient void foods. Uh, They've been carefully designed, you know, now, you know, for the last 40 years, food scientists in the snack food industry have been busy making these treats ever more compelling. And so we literally have an anxiety producing junk food addiction going nationwide, really worldwide. And that explains, you know, also our epidemics arising at the same time of, of obesity and diabetes. So, so do, you,
1: do you think we're more anxious ridden? I guess it's anxiety ridden. Are we more anxiety ridden now than ever before?
2: Oh, yes. No question. We never I mean, have- I
1: used to be very high strung. My mother would say she's just high strung, <laughs> but they say she's just anxious now. <laughs>
2: No, they're really talking, when they're talking about children now, they're talking about very serious conditions.
1: Yeah, t- tell me a little bit about that. This is beyond ADD?
2: Well, it includes ADD, which is a, quite a serious condition and is often associated with um, teenage um, bipolar uh, spectrum disorder so
1: oh I never realized that
2: when we get ADHD in a kid we don't know quite how serious it is until they get into their teens and we see whether it evolves into something even more serious but little children now are having panic attacks on a regular basis and obsessing and uh, uh you know fearfully um for no reason at all and that just wasn't something that went on Uh, This is really what we would expect from, you know, a profoundly and chronically malnourished child, Uh, that the brain doesn't work. The the brain is supposed to be able to keep us feeling quite good, and it used to. Uh, I mean, I grew up in the 50s and 60s, and most people were pretty on the level
1: um true you didn't see allergies you didn't see asthma you didn't see any kind of this emotional or psychological disorders and do no you think people. the cat was it do you think it's the chemicals
2: oh it's a combination of the chemicals in the food and the lack of nutrients in the food so it's but,
1: but people toxic. but people are eating paleo they're eating keto is that not good for the brain now
2: oh well it it could be good if they ate enough protein, but people are eating low-calorie keto and low-protein keto. Good
1: point. Good point.
2: All they're getting is fat. I was just at a conference, um, uh, research conference on uh, diet, and one of the one of the uh, scientists was studying the keto diet, and that's all he and his department were studying. And uh, he said, now people are eating such low-calorie keto that they're suppressing their thyroids.
1: Oh, for heaven's sakes.
2: <laughs> and so protein is always the last nutrient uh, to be eaten because it doesn't generate cravings. It generates satiety. You know, when you, when, if, if everybody had a, a salmon steak or a beef steak uh, or, or a chicken thigh or two, uh, before they ate whatever sweet treat they had their eye on, they would lose their appetite for it. You know, it, it would be cut at least in half because the amino acids in protein normalize appetite. They feed all the centers in the brain that are supposed to be generating a healthy appetite. We really used to have our native appetite available to us. We were born to know what to eat and when to eat it.
1: Well, people now are doing intermittent fasting. Is that a are you in favor of that in light of what's going on with nutrition uh, I
2: have seen so many people who who started off intermittent fasting with a pretty serious hypoglycemia because they never ate uh, anything of good quality on a regular basis so that their blood sugar was always crashing and then they, you know and uh, intermittent fasting just made that worse Um so I am.
1: So it's not the panacea that it's promoted to be.
2: No, I think we have to do. Because only- I, I believe
1: the way you do, my dear. That's why I want you to speak to this, to my community.
2: Well, it's it's experimental. We have- Yes,
1: we're part of a big experiment. Excellent. Yeah.
2: But nobody's doing the research on it until, you know, decades later. So we barge forward, you know, trying these radical things and then we suffer the consequences. Um, and then we go on to the next thing that we're being told will change everything. And that all we know for sure is that up to the middle of the 19s, well, up to early 60s, before Twiggy came on board and convinced everybody that it would be really fun to starve and become emaciated like she was, um, before that, We had everybody had a healthy appetite. You know, we had dessert. That meant we had a full meal before we had a serving of something with sugar in it.
1: And typically,
2: those desserts were loaded with cream and eggs and all kinds of, you know, fruit. Custards.
1: I remember the custards.
2: Nuts, you know, all kinds of goodies that really were good uh, and healthful. Um, We didn't have to worry about our weights. I have. An infinity of photographs, crowd scenes, classroom scenes of all age children. There's not a single person of any age, sex, or race that has a, a weight problem. I I, problem. I I
1: I remember. You, I'm, I'm old enough to remember just like you.
2: I know. Where we're dying out and, and nobody will know what the human race was supposed to look like.
1: No. Uh, There's so much obesity. So there's chemicals, there's sugar, there's fructose in the food. There's, yeah, an, there's and all these d- diet fads that are coming and going. Why are we so depressed? We're anxious and very depressed. Why?
0: The First Lady Nutrition podcast is brought to you by Purity Coffee, with 65% higher levels of antioxidants than other organic coffees. Purity Coffee uses third party labs to test for pesticides, mold, mycotoxins, and heavy metals. Purity Coffee also uses a proprietary roasting protocol that retains high levels of bioactive compounds and that have been linked to specific health benefits and is especially supportive of the heart and liver, which Anne Louise writes about in Radical Metabolism and Radical Longevity. Go to puritycoffee.com and enter a coupon code ALG25 for 25% off your first order. That's puritycoffee.com and enter a coupon code ALG25 for 25% off your first order. And now back to the podcast.
2: Because we have, you know... what I call, you know, in simplified terms, brain malnutrition. We aren't eating enough nutrients to provide the brain with the nutrients it needs to create positive moods, to create a normal appetite. Instead, we're being drugged. You know, you talk about chemicals. Fructose is a chemical that didn't, uh, didn't exist until the 1970s which is when all this really went wrong um yeah the 1970s you know we started being terrified of fat uh, but we thought sugar was okay was okay and uh and we didn't realize that the type of sugar we were consuming
1: was so deleterious to health.
2: fructose high fructose corn syrup you know is totally different than Sucrose, which is a combination of sugars bound together and uh, and its effect on us, the addictiveness, the uh, the health damaging consequences um, are huge. But we didn't know what was happening. And so um, although the food industry blames us for continuing to eat this food and says, you know, well, we don't make you eat it. You know, you choose to eat it. But an addiction. Uh, is something biochemical that happens in the brain. We've known this since the 80s. And it, we have no control once that addiction chemistry has taken hold. Um, of course, there are degrees of it. You know, Some people can get away with a half a chocolate bar every afternoon, but they don't eat junk much junk aside from that. Whereas I would say most people are eating junk from morning till night. And wouldn't you say the morning junk started... With um, uh, cold cereal,
1: Tang. Remember Tang?
2: Oh, Tang too. Yes, Tang. But that came after. So cold cereal started in the fifties.
1: Oh, I thought Tang started in the f- maybe the sixties.
2: I, I think it was the sixties, um, because that cold cereal. You know, no one would eat it unless there was.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so you'd you'd have a you know a bowl of this whatever it is you know highly processed crap. And then pour some whole milk on it, which we were still eating in the fifties. But we, you know, we couldn't make ourselves eat it unless we put, and I remember how much sugar was left at the bottom of the bowl because I I put so much into my, uh, into my breakfast of champions.
1: (laughs) Oh yes, Wheaties. Uh, what well, what else was there back then? There was Wheaties. There was sugar pops.
2: Well, Cheerios, I'm sure, was already there.
1: Cheerios was one of the least of the uh, offending cereals.
2: However, uh, uh, they've 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 mm-hmm. progressively added more sugar to all of these cereals over the years. It's one of their techniques. In my most recent book, The Craving Cure, I tell a story of of uh, a phone call I got from. Uh, someone from a, a very large cereal making uh, corporation and um, I was amazed to have pick up the phone and have him there and I said you know what why are you calling me and he said well we like to stay on the cutting edge um, but uh, I just have one question for you and before we go into my um, my question I, I want to eliminate all of the the um, Other questions that you may bring up, uh, problems with our food that you may bring up, I want to admit that we, uh, you know, we market to children, we, um, the quality of our fats and the starches that we use is very, is really uh, poor because we do so much processing of it to make the cute shapes and textures and so forth.
1: Oh boy. And,
2: And we add more sugar to all of our products every year. So he said, you know, I admit that Uh, what I what I'm calling you about is, do you think that in addition to all that, our cereals are actually physically addictive? Oh, yeah. And so I said, well, yes, and I'd be glad to get you. I have some uh, evidence and research on that that I cite in my books, but I would be glad to get you more. Um, and in fact, I'd be happy to get together a think tank to try and figure out if there's any way to get anything that wouldn't harm people uh, into those boxes of yours. And then you'd be the hero of the children of America
1: and the parents of America
2: and the parents of America. And he said, oh, I'm too depressed by what you just said about the. Addiction. Oh,
1: my gosh. <laughs> so did anything happen with that? Oh,
2: no. No. No, no, no. Uh, it's just gotten worse. You know, they've continued to, uh, you know, poison the children, um, on a routine basis. Um, I don't know if you know this, but the, um, I was surprised to find out that the tobacco industry actually started buying up the snack food industry, um, in the uh, sixties and seventies. Why? Well, because they realized that, uh, the market for, um, cigarettes was diminishing, you know, once it was, you know, and they had to pay off however many trillion dollars because it was proven that they were making uh, changes in the products to make them more addictive, mostly having to do with uh, adding more sugars uh, to tobacco. But uh, so they realized the market was going to, you know, was not never going to grow for tobacco. Um, And so they needed to get into an industry that they could use all of their marketing techniques
1: that they, you know, marketing tricks,
2: yeah, tricks that they've been so successful with tobacco, and they would um, uh, use the actual chemistry that they had learned in terms of how to make products more addictive. So they had these edibles that they could add uh, you know, and, and alter um, very carefully to increase people's appetite for them. And uh, there's a, the first, the only book that I've ever seen by a whistleblower, somebody inside the industry, um, the far, a former FDA chief wrote a book in 2010 about, uh, called uh, The End of Overeating, And he quoted all of these executives in the food industry that he was meeting with on a consistent basis saying, you know, isn't it too bad that the very thing that makes our products so financially successful is the very same thing that seems to be making people so sick. Um, So we have all this evidence that they know what they're doing and they proceed to- Anyways.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, something just popped into my head, and I'm going to digress for a moment if you'll allow me. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing a lot of clients that have COVID-related anxiety, long-haul syndrome. Is there anything you can suggest for those people?
2: Oh, definitely. So, you know, hopefully they will understand that they need to eat protein, you know, at least three times a day.
1: Now Um, they understand. But of course, I write about that myself.
2: Yes, So, you know, if they can do it, understanding it is one thing, if they can do it, if they're not too addicted to sugar um, and they can go ahead with it, that should make a big difference. But uh, most people uh, are unable to make those dietary changes fast enough to really uh, see the difference quickly, whereas um, by using amino acid supplements, concentrates um, that are inexpensive that you can get all over the internet and health stores and so forth. And
1: what would those be, Julia Ross?
2: uh, um, What I would like them to do is to take uh, the questionnaire, uh, one of the questionnaires on my website. Which
1: is, and tell us where your website is.
2: uh, It's called juliarosscures.com. And that's because of my my three books, The Diet Cure, The Mood Cure, and now The Craving Cure.
1: Mm, Great titles, great titles.
2: Thank you. So the questionnaires that identify which part of your brain are you deficient in, is it your natural anti-anxiety chemistry that's deficient? Okay, if it is, and you have these symptoms, then like, you know, chronic stress and muscle tension and uh, feelings of overwhelm, panic. Um, those kinds of things respond um, within three, or three to five minutes. Uh, we start getting very significant reduction in those symptoms using a supplement of the very thing the brain uses to relax us. And that's uh, something called GABA. G-A-B-A, uh, it stands for gamma-aminobutyric acid, which is just the loveliest uh, thing for stress.
1: Lifesaver, it's a lifesaver, I use it daily. <laughs> but, uh, but, but I hope you tell them about theanine, your second favorite. Hi, my friends, before I go any further, let me take a moment to, to acknowledge my sponsor, Uniki Health at unikeyhealth.com, which is your universal key to health since 1992. I have been a spokesperson for this company for over 30 years. They're the home of all my weight loss plans, the fat Lasting Bio Builder, which has been featured in national magazines. They also carry the ultimate brain support and the magnesium multitasker. So whether it's weight loss, internal cleansing, or just targeted health support, go to UnikiHealth.com. Tell them Ann Louise sent you. Well,
2: uh- we, we discovered that, uh, that, you know, maybe 10, 15% of people just didn't get anything from GABA or didn't like it. So the vast majority, you know, it fell in love with it immediately, but some people didn't. And so um, if it didn't do anything for them or it made them feel in any way uh, negative, uh, they could use the amino acid theanine instead. And it would do exactly the same thing. So we're really fortunate that we have these supplements in every category. So if, if somebody's feeling sad and lonely and you know craving comfort foods, their endorphins are reduced and there are two supplements there that they can choose from. So you can tailor this kind of um, mood uh, and, and appetite recovery program to your own needs.
1: Would, it, would all this be covered in the mood cure or cravings cure?
2: Yes. yes, uh, both books uh, uh, cover both. And so
1: and just, so GaBA Ga, how much GABA by the way, I'm taking notes.
2: Oh, well, with GABA, see GABA is so interesting because it's an amino acid, but it's also a neurotransmitter. so it doesn't have to even be converted. So you can use a very small amount of GABA compared to any of the other aminos that might be needed. So uh, we typically start with 125 milligrams of GABA. Most of the other amino acids we use, we have to start at 500 to get the effect.
1: Like tryptophan?
2: Yeah, like tryptophan or tyrosine for fatigued caffeine cravers. Um, And-
1: uh, Oh, tyrosine, is that a precursor to adrenal hormones?
2: yes uh well specifically the hormones that are made in the adrenals and in the brain um dopamine norepinephrine and adrenaline
1: so if you wanted to get off caffeine tyrosine would become your best friend
2: oh oh yes i I mean I have so many stories of uh, caffeine detoxers uh, one of them was the um, owner of a, a chain of health food stores here in the San Francisco bay area and he had a radio show and he had me on a couple of times and um, and he complained that he couldn't get off of caffeine, that his headaches were really crippling and he just couldn't do it, but he really was ashamed of it and didn't want to even admit it to me. And I said, well, that's not a problem. And he said, it's not. And I told him, no, you just need to take tyrosine instead. And, uh, as much as needed to eliminate the cravings for the caffeine.
1: Wow. I said,
2: okay, that's this is your- huge. <laughs> he said, I'm having you on next month. And I'm going to report honestly on what happened when I tried this. And so I I, I was on the following month and he said, folks, she was right. I got off with no problem. I haven't had any caffeine in a month.
1: Ooh, how much did he take, Julia?
2: Well, he was uh, somewhat hardcore, you know, uh, adults. And that means anybody over 13 usually start with 500 milligrams. And if they still want a cup of coffee, five or 10 minutes later, they take a second one. He had to take three and he had to take three, three times a day, first thing in the morning, between breakfast and lunch, between lunch and dinner. And, uh, and that did it.
1: Wow, do you have any other gems like that?
2: <laughs> what do you mean? I just got uh, rid of uh, anxiety and stress. And caffeine addiction. (laughs) uh, I want you to know that when I was researching my most recent book, I found some just appalling research on caffeine, showing that people who drink more than three cups of coffee a day die early, earlier than people who do not.
1: Wow, that's counted all the coffee promotion i hear these days
2: well right there coffee can be nice but you have to eat you know consume a small amount of it (laughs) to get the benefits and make
1: sure that it's mold free it's a high source of mold if it's not mold free
2: how would you be sure of that
1: you have to get the purity coffee brand
2: that's the only one
1: that i know is tested for mold yes
2: Uh, well um I prefer to just cut the, uh, you know, cut the addiction right at the core. And, uh, you know, people just, after they've done this, they, they, they really say, you know, I don't know why I ever liked coffee that much. You know, I don't feel the need of it. I can concentrate. I've got energy. I'm bouncy. Um, and now that I'm that way without the coffee, I realized that there was always an edge of jitteriness on it, even when I felt the best.
1: So interesting. What about people that need energy and are not coffee drinkers? Is tyrosine still good? Well, it
2: depends on what kind of a person they are. You know, if they're not drinking coffee, especially if they find coffee to be, you know, jittery-making, uh, then they take the um, milder option, which is L-phenylalanine. Uh, uh which uh, converts you know some part of it converts into tyrosine more slowly. so you get the benefits without the um what some people complain about you know, with tyrosine being a little bit too strong um, but if if neither of those uh, brain fuels work, then uh, then we need to talk about, gland, the glands, you know, are the glands that are supposed to be producing energy functioning properly.
1: You're Um, talking adrenals and thyroid.
2: Yes, definitely. But, you know, I'm also uh, talking about vegans. Um, We get a lot of fatigue with vegans, you know, because they're they're so often iron deficient. And and this is true traditionally for um, vegetarian uh, Indian people from India. Mm. Wherever they go, uh, their anemia goes with them uh, because they avoid uh,
1: red meat. Animal foods and B12 is important too.
2: Yeah, so they're, yeah, they're missing uh, critical nutrients and they suffer for it. Um, So they're, you know, dietary things that, you know, if we're not eating enough, you know, one of the things that people complain about when they're doing these fasts is that they're fatigued um so we we have to take care of the obvious things you know what used to be obvious it's not obvious to anyone anymore what they should eat or how often they should eat or how much they should eat
1: so tell me what your ideal diet is
2: well uh we have to do that every day in our virtual clinic you know when somebody comes in whatever it is we find they you know they write down what they've been eating for a couple of days and then we analyze it. And the first thing we wanna know when, in that analysis is are they eating enough? Because they can be eating, you know, like I was saying, a keto diet and the calories can be so low uh, because the volume is so low uh, that they're in trouble. And uh, specifically any low calorie diet is going to suppress the thyroid, which is gonna make you tired and it's gonna make it difficult or impossible for you to lose weight. Um, on a, certainly not on a permanent basis because the thyroid uh, governs the, the metabolic rate. And uh, when we reduce calories, uh, the thyroid just slows down because it doesn't want us to starve to death. It's in charge of making sure that we retain enough calories to stay alive in the face of famine. You know, that was for most of our existence on the planet. Famine was our worst Enemy problem, uh, nutritionally, right?
1: Mm. Do you think insomnia is related to all this that we're speaking about?
2: Well, yes, I do. You know, if if we don't have enough, if we're not getting enough amino acids to uh, create chemicals like tryptophan and melatonin uh, that directly program sleep, um, and and we're you know consuming. Highly stimulating things that actually suppress even further our ability to calm ourselves down and get ourselves to sleep. Um, you know, like caffeine and, and sugar. Um, you know, there's just no way that we can create a normal body, a normal sleep, normal mood without normal, normal blood
1: sugar. Mood. Normal blood sugar. Yes. So, do you do you propose and promote 20 grams for a meal?
2: Uh, A protein? Yes. No, we prefer, uh, it depends on activity level, um, but uh, we prefer more. Um, Most of our people are working out, you know, desperately trying to burn off, you know, the food that they're eating and and try and make themselves feel better. And uh, so we will often recommend 30 grams to them.
1: So I just wrote a book called Radical Longevity and the wow. research suggests that people over the age of 50 need a hundred grams of protein per day. Would you agree?
2: Yes, that, you know- 30, I,
1: I agree 30, too. Very close to hundred. <laughs> We're on the same page. Tell me, <laughs> t- before I leave you, tell me your five most important brain altering nutrients. Well, uh, macronutrients, of course,
2: protein is is king. Um, over uh, fat and carbohydrate but we need all of them Uh, so that's number one but uh, in terms of
1: uh, vitamins and minerals
2: uh, vitamins and minerals uh, vitamin b6 uh, is the key cofactor for three of the five mood and appetite regulating brain chemicals Um, and it is uh, even more common in our practice than iron deficiency to be implicated. Um, I, I We don't have time for me to go into um, some of the reasons why, but B6 is, is really important for getting that brain function going. Um, is it but, any
1: form of B6? Is it the pyridoxal 5-phosphate?
2: Uh, well, it depends how severe their B6 deficiency is. If they have no dream recall, yes, um, P5P form is is really good. But otherwise, uh, starting with 100 milligrams of regular um, uh food grade <laughs> B6 will work. Um, but the rest of the of the nutrients uh, in terms of supplements that are The most critical are uh, these individual aminos, you know, GABA, um, and... um,
1: Pheanine. Well, no, uh,
2: that's one or the other. Um,
1: Oh, they can be used alternatively, alternately.
2: Right, but but, uh, for depression, anxiety, hyperactivity, irritability, all of the things that low serotonin causes, we have two options there. So uh, tryptophan or 5-HTP, whatever works best for you. And children, uh, typically tryptophan is, is preferred. It's more nutritious. Um, and then uh, we have, of course, our natural energizing and, and muscle programming amino acids.
1: Which uh, are?
2: The tyrosine or the phenylalanine. And then we have you mentioned blood sugar, which is huge. Huge. Um, and uh, there's there's one mineral and one amino acid that are critical, so critically important. So diabetics are known to be significantly deficient in about seven different nutrients. And high on the list are the ones that we always supplement. Uh, glutamine, the amino acid. Glutamine, which converts into glucose if we need it Mm. very sensitively instead of, you know, uh, uh, two cups of ice cream, we can take one capsule of of glutamine and the brain calms right down and stops being hysterical, stops demanding sugar, stops being um, irritable, is able to focus.
1: I did my book. I did my first book, Beyond Fruitykin, on L-glutamine. Staying up all night, I was on a deadline, and that oh, helped. Me, oh. And now I know why it helped me convert the glutamine, and it, it converted into glucose.
2: Oh well, now I feel even better about it because that's you know one of my favorite. It worked options.
1: like a charm, like a charm. Nobody knows this. <laughs>
2: Well, the other nutrient that's key for this blood sugar regulation, especially in the unusual situation where glutamine doesn't work or can't be used um, for some reason, um, ha- you know, an adverse uh, effect, idiosyncratic, is, um, is the mineral chromium.
1: Yes, which so, is which is under under promoted these days.
2: Yeah, I mean, what we aren't really aware of is that in order to process the sugar in the food we eat, we have to use gobs of chromium and so we become deficient. And yet we can't process it properly without chromium. So uh, chromium can have a dramatic effect and we recommend um, uh, a couple of multis that contain uh, enough chromium for people, you know, trying to recover from our high sugar diet.
1: And chromium is not located in many foods, so you have to take it in a supplement.
2: Uh-huh. Well, we we uh we ran out of the supplement that that was a multi that contained um 8 micro 800 micrograms of uh chromium and uh that you know the the company was going to make some more but there was a you know a lag time and our clients Call, started calling us right away and saying this new multi isn't working. <laughs> oh. And so we started having to in during those periods we would have to have them buy additional chromium to add to it, and then they would be fine.
1: So you used to support up to eight hundred mcgs
2: or more. You know, or more.
1: The, the research suggests even more.
2: Yeah. Uh, because of the severe deficiency, more is fine. So we basically go up until we get what we're looking for. The we had a, a woman who lost hundred pounds in Overeaters Anonymous, and she took care of her health and she ate beautiful food, but she still had hypoglycemia and regular headaches until she added uh, supplemental chromium.
1: Perfect. So. Where can we find all this in, in all of your books?
2: Uh, yes. Um, take your pick. You know, the diet cure uh, focuses on um, the problems with low calorie dieting and um, getting back to traditional food. The, the, the mood cure is really focused on, you know, our bad mood epidemic, as I call it. Um, and so depression, anxiety, stress. Uh, various forms of fatigue and inattention, um, addiction, insomnia. It's really um, rich, um, uh, but that's that's the target. And then uh, my most recent book is The Craving Cure, um, which actually has the most detailed written instructions. There's a whole section on it that's just guidelines for taking your aminos. Um,
1: Well, that's excellent. and Nobody's writing about this these days. You're the queen of aminos, Julia Ross.
2: I know, and I don't want to be. I want to have lots of uh, you know princes and princesses uh, writing about it.
1: But uh, that's why people will have to visit you at juliarosscures.com, buy all your books, and make you into the bigger international sensation that you already are.
2: And then I can train all kinds of people, and they can... Tra- Teach other people and we'll get a critical mass going. I was just speaking at a conference in Seattle, and they, uh, the people who put on the conference, who are, you know, um, like the fructose, anti fructose legend, Robert Lustig uh, was the chair, Um, uh, they had a a big international audience uh, in the Middle East, and they have been consulting with the millionaires who are dying in kuwait on a regular basis at 400 pounds with with major diabetes and liver disease oh
1: my goodness
2: because they can't stop eating our food Um, and uh, so you know people are desperate and i think outside of the united states is probably where we have to go to get this information out because the food industry is really uh, on literally on top of us you know Uh, They were aware of my first book within two weeks, um, and they didn't like it.
1: (laughs) Good for you. (laughs) And they start to smear what they fear.
2: Well, or suppress. Um, You know, I think that they only use smear tactics when they're desperate.
1: Um, Oh, I'm very familiar with their their smear tactics, but the point being is you've got to get the truth out because people are dying, and you have such simple tricks and wisdom that needs to be disseminated far and wide.
2: Well, thank you, my queen. You know, to have you say that is, uh, you know, your book was uh, really, uh, uh, you know, it gave me the confidence to go forward with writing
1: well i'm so glad and i hope to see more books out by julia ross and i want everybody to visit juliarosscures.com i want you to keep visiting us here at first lady of nutrition podcast tell everybody about this wonderful podcast and thank you again for being my guest come back again my friends have a beautiful week full of happiness cheer peace and shalom don't forget to subscribe and like First Lady of Nutrition podcast. Thank you so very much.